Welcome to Going Out Your Door, the podcast to get you out your door and on the road. My name is Marjorie Frymouth, and today we are talking a really cool budget-friendly way to travel and stay in other places. Could be in your own country or countries around the world. And I'm really excited to talk about this because it's something I've done before. It's also something that I am thinking about doing right now. I'm sort of, it's not finalized yet, but I'm talking with someone about it and it looks like it could become a reality, which I'm very excited about. And if it does, I will let you know as soon as possible and where I am going. But all of that is to say that today we are talking about house sitting, house sitting as your means of accommodation when you travel. And I think it's a really, it's definitely a big industry. There are some people that have made this like not their livelihood because it doesn't make you any money, but their way of traveling the world and, and, you know, being like a digital, digital nomad or something like that. But in the larger scheme of the world, I think it is a relatively unknown practice and a little bit of like a niche thing to do, but I think it's really great. And so I want to tell you guys all about it (laughs) and hopefully you can take advantage of it and stay for free in wherever you want to travel or random cool places. So the first thing to talk about is what is house sitting? You may have house sit for like family or friends, you know, taking care of their pets or their goldfish or their plants while they're away. And that's essentially what it is. You are staying in someone's house to look after the place while they're gone. And it's often combined with caring for animals or, like I said, plants or sometimes, you know, small gardens, things like that. You don't get paid to do this typically. I mean, you can set up whatever arrangement you want if you're doing this with someone privately, but if you're doing it through the major house-sitting platforms that we're going to talk about, you don't get paid, but it is a free place to stay, which is huge. As we all know, when you're traveling, like accommodations can be one of the major expenses, even if you're staying in hostels or more budget-friendly Places. I mean, going from like low cost to no cost is a very big difference. It can also be a really cool way to plan a trip if you don't have a specific place in mind that you want to go. We're going to talk about in a little bit. It can be hard to find house that's like exactly where you want to go on the exact dates that you need to be there. So it's not necessarily great for that kind of travel. But if you're like, hey, I have this month period, I'd love to take a trip during this time. I'm not really picky about where I want to go. You can end up in some really neat places and even end up doing some unusual things that you may not have anticipated or wouldn't get out of another kind of travel or living situation. There's an article on Insider about being a professional house sitter, and they profile several people who do this full time. One of them is Charlie Moore, who's a digital nomad, and she talks a bit about some of the wilder experiences that she has had house sitting. So I just want to tell you about some of these. I will also link to the article in the blog post for this episode. She was in kind of a unique situation in one of the houses that she stayed in where she actually filled in for the homeowner in their volunteer time. So the homeowner typically did some volunteer hours at a local vet. And when the homeowner was away, Charlie actually filled in those hours for her at the vet and ended up like assisting with some basic surgeries and thing, things, which is wild. She also lived on a macadamia farm in Australia and worked as an alpaca herder in New Zealand all through just these houses that she was staying at and looking after the place while the homeowner was away. 
I think we kind of think of it like you're staying in someone's house, you're watering their plants, you're petting their cat. But to some degree, you know, depending on the situation you end up with or the the people that you're house sitting for, you're kind of stepping into their life for a temporary period of time. So, you know, they might even like put you in touch with their friends or hopefully give you recommendations for local places. And you sort of have that leg up to some really cool experiences that you wouldn't get if you were staying in a hotel or even a hostel. So like I said, I have done this before. I used the platform Trusted House Sitters, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. And this was during my U.S. road trip last fall, which you may remember. I'd hoped to do a lot more of this. I thought it would be really cool to kind of bounce my way back across the U.S. based on the places where I could find house sitting opportunities. And it didn't really work out that way. Like I said, this isn't necessarily something you want to go into when you have more of a strict itinerary even though mine wasn't strict like I did have sort of a timeline that I wanted to follow and it was really hard to make that match up with house sitting opportunities and also transportation you know I was I didn't have a car I was solely train and bus based and so a lot of these places are more off the beaten path because they're just where people live so it didn't totally work out to the degree that I wanted it to but I did end up with this really in some ways, a fantastic situation when I was in Chicago. So I connected with this woman on the platform. She had an apartment in like dead center middle best location of Chicago. She had a pug and I stayed in her place for I think four nights, three full days, four nights, maybe three nights. I can't quite remember. Um, And took care of her pug and had a free place to stay, a super nice apartment in Chicago. And I will say, like, it is a little bit of a mixed bag. In that regard, it worked out perfectly. Like I said, great location, great apartment, totally free. The pet sitting aspect of it was more challenging than I, I anticipated, which I think is something that you really have to be prepared for or factor in. This was an incredibly needy dog, and he also had to be walked four times a day and then had like a specific feeding schedule as well. So because of that, I couldn't really get out and do that much. You know, I would go out and do one thing and then have to go back to the apartment to take care of the dog. He was also badly behaved, not well-trained, really frustrating to take out on walks. So there was that aspect of it where I was like, okay, well, in many ways, this is not actually fun, but hey, free place to stay. And then my friends were like, well, was it actually free if you put so much like emotional labor and time into taking care of this dog, which is a valid point. You know, you're not going to be completely on your own necessarily you might find a house sitting opportunity that doesn't require any like obligations other than being at the house occasionally but generally you're going to be performing some sort of chore or duty or you know pet care for them and that is going to have its impact on your trip in some way hopefully it'll be a positive way it may be just like a neutral way or you may end up in a situation where it's kind of negative and you have this yappy dog following you around apartment jumping up on your legs and your butt constantly and um, just, you know, pulling on the leash outside and just being absolutely crazy. Um, that was the situation that I find, found myself in. But even having had that experience, I'm really eager to do it again. And I think it is a really incredible opportunity for travel. 
I will also say that it is a little bit odd to sleep in a stranger's bed. Um, that was one of those things where I was like, am I am I really supposed to be like sleep getting into your bed at night? This just feels like very bizarre. Um, but yeah, that's, that's part of it. You're staying in their house. Uh, using her kitchen was a lot more comfortable than sleeping in her bed, but <laughs> but that's just part of it. So you've probably picked up a little bit on some of the pros and cons of this situation so far, but here's how I broke it down in my head. The pros of house sitting. Free place to stay. Cannot say that enough. You also have more of a home than you might in a hotel or a hostel or Airbnb. Well, I guess Airbnb is similar, but you're not paying for a house sitting opportunity. But you do have more of a home. You have the kitchen, you have the bed, you have the living room, you can cook your own meals. It's really easy to relax. So there's more of a homey environment than you usually find when you're traveling. You're also likely in a more residential area, so you can really get a feel for local life. I mean, when I did it in Chicago, I wasn't. I was in an apartment, like I said, right in the middle of the city, but you might find yourself in like a really cool neighborhood that you wouldn't have explored as a tourist, but now you get to experience it as more of a local, and that's a really cool opportunity. Some of the cons, again, you are living in a stranger's house, which might be a little bit uncomfortable. You are also taking care of pets, like I said, that can tie you to the house or the apartment more than you would want to be and not let you really get out and explore. And you also might find yourself in a situation with annoying or frustrating pets. So if you are interested in house sitting, there's several ways to go about it. You can also just tap your own network, your friends, family. In my case, this situation that I'm, fingers crossed, hoping to put together was through my college alumni network. Um, I have a really strong alumni network for the school that I went to, so really anytime I find myself needing something, I I don't know, they're just all kinds of random things, usually travel related, but I, I turn to the alumni network very frequently. So I said I'm hoping to plan this trip generally to this location at this general span of time, and someone said, yeah, I'm going to be gone for 10 days during this month. I have a dog and two cats, like would love for you to house it. So It's basically exactly where I wanted to go. The timing is working out perfectly. So we really just need to chat more and finalize it. And it could be a perfect opportunity. But that is to say, like, you can also reach out to your own network of people and find these amazing opportunities. But of course, there are also many, 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 many sites that act as platforms to set this up, kind of like dating sites for for house sitting, matching people together. The very first one, it's the one that I used, it's at the top of every single list that I've looked at, is Trusted House Sitters. They are an international-based platform, so you can find houses all over the world. They're really the place with the widest variety. I actually signed up for several different sites that I'm going to talk about, but I ended up just using Trusted House Sitters because it had the most listings, it was the easiest to navigate, it was the most trusted and all of that. So they do have a price. It is anywhere from $129 to $259 USD for a year membership. And there's a range because they have different levels of membership. So it is a chunk of change. But if you're thinking about like, that is maybe one night in a hotel. (laughs) Um, It really is very reasonable. I paid for the lowest tier, the $129. And after doing one house sit, it's already paid for itself. So it is a really, really great deal. They do offer email alerts. So you can set up a saved search for a location and a range of dates that you want to be there and you will get alerts if anyone posts anything that fits your criteria. I highly recommend that. 
They also do background checks and ID checks when you are setting up your account, which is really good. Not all of the sites do this. And again, you know, you're interacting with strangers here. So you do want to be careful and having that extra level of just verification from the platform is good for peace of mind and probably good for real safety as well. Trusted House Sitters also has this unique feature that I didn't see anywhere else where they provide a direct line of contact to a vet. So if you're the house sitter and something happens to one of the animals and maybe you can't get a hold of the owners or it seems fairly minor and you don't necessarily want to bother them yet, you can actually reach out through the platform to a veterinarian and get their, I don't know, their take on the situation, I guess. Luckily, I didn't have to use that, so I don't know exactly how it works, but they do provide that contact for animal care and safety, which is a huge peace of mind for me at least, and I think it's a really unique feature. The next platform that tops many of the lists as well is Nomador. I think that's how you say it. They're another one that's been around for a while. There's also a price for their site, but it is 25 euros per quarter or 65 euros for the whole year. So much less expensive than Trusted House Sitters. But again, I think you're getting better value for money with Trusted House Sitters. They also offer email alerts and they do some ID checks and background verification as well, but not as extensive as trusted house sitters. And they were originally a French company organization, so they are still mainly Europe-based and there's a lot of listings in France, but they are technically global now, so you can find them around the world. Again, I never found as many as I did on Trusted House Sitters, but Nomador is international, so you can look for house sits all over the world there. Another one is House Carers, which has a $50 fee, and they do have a fair number of house sits all over the world, but I actually saw this in many places, and this was my experience as well. The whole platform was just atrocious. Like, the site was difficult to navigate, so I ended up not wanting to spend any, any time on there, but they are a decent platform as well. And then, of course, there's numerous others for the whole world and also sites specific to individual countries. So if you really want to go to one specific country, do a search for that. And I'm, well, I'm not sure you'll find something, but it's very likely that you'll find something specific to that country. Again, I went over a few of them, but really just start with trusted house sitters. Like, I feel like that's the one you're going to fall back on anyway. So it's a great place to start. All of these sites also operate on reviews. So after you do a sit, whether you're the homeowner or the house sitter, you are going to leave reviews for each other very much in the same vein as like Airbnb. So this is actually a huge factor in getting more house sits around the world is really having that like profile of positive reviews because it is pretty competitive. I mean, it's not you think you're going into this and it'll be super easy and you'll find all these cool places, but It's not like booking in a hotel where they have hundreds of rooms and so it's very likely you'll be able to make a booking. These are one single <laughs> opportunity that a lot of people are trying to get. So it's really important to turn on those email notifications and also to vamp your profile to be the best that it possibly can be. It also really helps if you have a few or many positive reviews from having done this in the past. So all of this sounds great, right? Fleet free place to stay, animals to play with, fun locations to go to, maybe ending up in some like unexpected but super cool circumstances. Of course, there are some downsides like we've talked about, but here are some other things to know if you are interested in getting into the house sitting game like I am. 
We're in this together if you think this is a cool thing to do. So here are things you should know ahead of time in no particular order. You have to be flexible in your travel plans. I mentioned this before. You can't just expect house sits to be available when and where you want to go. And even if they are, you may not be chosen because it can be competitive, especially in popular locations like major cities. They're going to be really competitive and disappear from the sites. I mean, at least within a matter of hours, I would say within minutes, they're probably going to be flooded with applications. So Make sure you sign up for those real-time alerts so you know as soon as possible and you can get a jump on everyone else. But also just try to use this as a way to be like flexible and creative in your travel and not have this, like I said, this is not a thing to do if you're like, I must be in this location from these specific dates. House sitting is probably not your best bet for that. Number two, stand out in your application. Add photos of yourself, add photos of yourself with pets and animals, be a real person, you know, tell stories, share about yourself, all of those things. But also don't be super long winded because, you know, we all have short attention spans these days. We don't want to read really long profiles, but just be really genuine and honest. And when you're sending messages to people with listings, be be specific, share about yourself and also reference their specific listing, their pets, you know mention their pets by name and their locations and details specifically. You really want to connect with them and not make it sound like you're just sending out, you know, a dozen generic applications. You're much more likely to be chosen if you come across as like a real awesome person. Number three, good communication with the homeowner is essential, both before and during the sit. (laughs) It's a really good idea to have a video chat with them before just to make sure that you guys click and again, you're both real people and you're really committed to this because sometimes people can cancel, both the owners and the sitters. Of course, there are always unavoidable circumstances, but you really want to make sure that like both parties are fully committed to this and can count on each other. Number four, some owner... Some homeowners will be okay with you leaving the place for a day or two or like a full day, but coming back at night. These are usually the ones without the pets or pets that can be very self-sufficient, like fish, maybe. I don't know. Um, But often they want you there every day. And this is what I ran into when I was in Chicago. Hopefully they'll be a little bit more flexible with you leaving for like half a day or several hours. But you do want to know what you're getting into with regards to the schedule or what is expected of you so that you can be aware of that, but also plan your time and what you want to do in that location accordingly. Number five, if you are house sitting internationally, you want to make sure that you have a visa. I feel like this kind of goes without saying, you know, you need to get yourself to the country. This is not technically work. You cannot apply for a work visa just to stay in someone's house. So you do need to have your own visa. Hopefully that can just be like tourist or visa on arrival, which we've talked about. But if you are there for other reasons, maybe you're a student or you have a freelance visa, things like that, that's all on you. That has nothing to do with the house sitting situation. Number six It can be scary. It is scary to have responsibility for someone else's pet. And it's very likely that it will go totally smoothly, but you also need to be prepared for emergencies or some like wild, unexpected activities. Again, that's where like trusted house sitters vet on call is really at least peace of peace of mind. Hopefully you won't actually have to use it, but it's a really great resource to have. 
Nomadic Matt has a guest blog post by Daylene and Pete Heck. They have the blog Hectic Travels. They've house sat many times around the world and they chronicle some of the crazy things that they've had to do for these animals. They say that they've chased dogs through muddy fields and disposed of a house half-eaten rat courtesy of said dogs. They've spent the evening strolling through dark alleys in Harlem looking for an escaped fat cat. They unfortunately had to deal with a dead chicken. I hope the chicken wasn't one of the pets they were supposed to be taking care of, but they had to send it down the river on the advice of a neighbor in Ireland and cleaned up after torrential rain hammered their temporary Caribbean house. So you really are taking care, not just of the animals, but of the property. And again, hopefully the homeowner will be understanding that like, you don't necessarily know the place like they do and aren't going to be hugely responsible in the event of like a massive tornado or something, but you are expected to maintain the house to a large degree and take care of it. And that includes dealing with, you know, unexpected situations. Number seven, you can do it as a couple. This is very popular, traveling as a couple and house sitting, so that's totally possible as well. I know I often talk about traveling solo and things like that, but this is a really great opportunity for two friends or a couple to do it. Next one, it requires a high level of trust and instincts. I struggle with instincts personally. I find they often lead me astray, but definitely trust because... The homeowner is trusting you to actually like show up and do what you've promised to do. You are trusting the homeowner to, you know, provide you with this place to stay. And in the first article that I referenced on Insider, one of the house sitters mentioned that she arrived once at a property that was just a total mess. Like it was clear that they'd had a party there the night before and not cleaned up. So there is some level of risk involved. Um, I know we don't like to think about that. I certainly don't like to think about that. My mom doesn't like to think about that, but you are really trusting people and that's where that good communication comes in and just making sure that you really vet them as much as you can ahead of time and also using these platforms that really do like their own background checks and things like that to make sure that both parties have done their due diligence in setting up this opportunity. And our last one, references and reviews go a long way. So if you can, make sure that you get those positive reviews on your profile. If you're finding it hard to get sits because you don't have any reviews, it's that whole catch-22 of like experienced required, but how do you get experience? You can try house-sitting locally. If there are any local sits available, you might be more likely to get them just because you are nearby. Maybe they can meet you ahead of time. Then they'll leave you that positive review. Then that will build up your profile and you can get some of the more competitive international opportunities. So that brings us to the end of this episode. I know I just threw a lot of information at you. We didn't necessarily get into the nitty gritty, but I just wanted to talk about this way of travel, this way of finding accommodation, because I think it is really unique. In one regard, it is like really well explored. There are these people that do it full time. But in another, I think it's something that's kind of like a hidden gem in the travel world where not necessarily everyone knows about it and more of us would take advantage of it if we did know about it. So I hope I put this on your radar. Maybe you're thinking of exploring some of these sites, just seeing what's available. All of the sites are linked in the blog post for this episode, which is linked in the show notes for this episode. If you've ever done house sitting either locally or internationally, good experiences or bad experiences, I would love to hear about it. 
You can send any of those stories to me at goingoutyourdoortravel at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at goingoutyourdoor and on Twitter at goingoutyour. We will be back next week with some more travel information and recommendations or stories, who knows, but fun stuff at Going Out Your Door. Mm-hmm.